Uh, when was the time that you felt really challenged farming? Cat tunnels. <laughs> yeah, cat tunnels. Cat tunnels and wind. Welcome. This is the Ag Engineering Podcast, where we talk tools, tips, and techniques to improve the sustainability of your farm. I am your host, Andy Chamberlain, from the University of Vermont Extension, and this podcast is supported by Northeast SARE, providing grants and education to advance innovation in sustainable agriculture. We're trying to improve the industry by chatting with farmers and getting their input on tools, tips, or techniques that have changed the way they farm for good. Many of these practices affect multiple areas of the farm. Whether it be environmentally, emotionally, physically, or financially, we share the knowledge to promote sustainable agriculture, lifestyle, and business. Thanks for having a listen. Now, let's get started. Today's episode comes to you from Brookfield, Vermont, where we're interviewing Kyle Dota and Betsy Simpson of 1000 Stone Farm. Kyle has been farming for six years, and now he has three acres in vegetable production and an acre in high tunnels. They sell to their own farm store, wholesale, CSA, restaurants, and even year-round farmer's markets. And they're bringing in between two dollars and $300,000 in gross sales. Kyle and Betsy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Andy, for having us. Thanks. So I just framed the stage a little bit uh, about your farm, but how would you describe yourself in one sentence? We are a small certified organic vegetable farm, which also focuses on mushrooms, fruit, and egg production. Uh, when was the time that you felt really challenged farming? Cat tunnels. <laughs> yeah, cat tunnels. Cat tunnels and wind. Let's talk about those, because we did do a prior episode uh, on cat tunnels. So what, what are your viewpoints? Do you love them? Do you hate them? Uh, do you still use them? Have you thrown them away? Um, so we, I built 500 foot cat tunnels, uh, three years, four years ago, I guess Mm -hmm. now. Um, it was great at the time and it still is, we still use them. Um, and I'm still modifying them to make them better for the use that we have found they work best for. Um, we use them for mostly early season production as well as shoulder season, though we have used them for peppers in in the main season, which did work really well. Um, Some of the things that we've found work better is um, I put a ridge pole in, um, and interestingly enough, the cat tunnels, like, they will hold snow, in my opinion, better than the regular greenhouses. We barely do anything to them, and it's like a little igloo forms over top of this thing, and they're just like this white tunnel that... You just see out in the field. It's like a big bump. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. Um, the other thing that we're going to put in this year is wind braces and flat ends because I find that the, whatever you want to call it, the ponytail, the ends. ponytail ends, I think is what <laughs> has been... Uh, I think that's the new industry the new term. term. <laughs> the, the coined uh, term. It just loosens up. Issues occur with it, you know, Getting in and out can be tricky. We usually just shovel our way in, but which is fine. Like we don't really mind because we harvested them throughout the winter. But it's mostly like in the early f- winter, and then in the like March time frame, we harvest the most out of them. Um, but yeah, we've had some pretty 
rough moments with the two of us yelling at each other about what the heck's going on when the cat tunnel is like flying up in the air and, or Betsy was here alone one time trying to deal with it. I mean, it just gets insane. Um, trying to hold the plastic to the cat tunnel while the ropes are breaking or the poles are popping out or, uh, or it's flipping over sorts of <laughs> situations. So you're yeah. using them for winter greens production. Correct. We have, so we have a, what 500 feet linear you know linear feet of cat tunnel production and 200 of it is in lettuce production 100 of it is in spinach and 100 in kale and then this year we use the last 100 for our chickens to have winter housing for them um so however you want to look at it but but yeah i do think that um there's some pretty good possibilities for them i think that i would like to have the ends wiggle wired down and that way the centers can open and the ends can just be wide open during the summer months. And it's just basically protecting from rain. Um, and then you can just uh, drip irrigate. How are you managing scrunching up the sides or are you? We do. Um, we use bungees and yep. that seemed to actually work pretty well um, for the most part. Um, and most of the time, depending on the crops, we leave them in there. What are you bungeeing around or to the... We either bungee the the ropes to each other um, or and around the pole, and that just seems to create enough friction to like hold it up for the most part. One of our favorite crops to grow in the cat tunnels early spring is sugar snap peas, and so we can do right down the center and drop a trellis curtain from our ridge pole, and then you can just have early sugar snap peas all the way down. Tasty. Yeah. Top seller. And early. Sure. Yeah. No, it's yeah. definitely worth it. Yeah, and then we always have two beds on either side of that, too, that are full production of either charred. Happy Ridge or Chard or some yeah. kind of parsley. Like, the cat tunnel is always full with those sugar snap peas in the middle. So while the sugar snap peas are growing up, we're still able to harvest all those other crops right next to it. Are all these cat tunnels the same brand? Where would you get yours? Uh, they're mine. I <laughs> DIY. Yeah, they're all DIY. So I bought 21 foot pipe length. Um, even though a lot of the cat tunnels are in pieces, I knew that I would have rather, if I'm going to grow in them year round, they're going to be stronger if it's one solid piece for each hoop. Um, so then I bought the Johnny's bender and I bent them myself. Um, it takes about two hours for two people to bend 21 hoops to make a hundred footer. Um, and then putting it up I, I ended up buying all the rebar in 20 foot lengths and cutting every single piece down to three feet myself with a hand grinder um which that actually was kind of annoying and took a while but uh it was better i guess you only have to do that once you only have to do it once uh but 42 times per <laughs> per house which is the thing um i think you know the one thing about the farmer's friend cat tunnels that caterpillar tunnels that i've seen i don't i don't own one but is they are wider and they are taller which i think is pretty nice however i would say that our cat tunnels cost us a dollar 25 per square foot so i don't know i'm pretty happy with it overall and i think the amount of production that's come out of them is definitely worth the input when you're looking at four to five dollars per square foot for a larger um high tunnel i think for a lot of folks um if you're if you're farming in an area that doesn't get a lot of wind, it's probably amazing. 
I would imagine. Um, but wind is probably the biggest culprit for issues. Do you get a lot of wind here? We do. Yeah. I mean, we don't get, I guess we do get up to 50 and 60 mile an hour winds, but it's pretty few and far between. But when we do, we get it for sure. And so does that, are you, uh, rebuilding tunnels a couple times a summer or how are you managing, how are you anchoring them down for wind? We usually have to fix one cat tunnel a year, maybe twice, spring and fall. More than that. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> we did it more than that. This We did the long cat yeah. at least twice this year and we put plastic back on multiple times with the other ones. Yeah. So one thing that I think, one maintenance thing I think that is actually important that folks can do is just going through and tightening the ropes because they do stretch. And I, I've even considered some sort of cinch um, knotting system that you could go through and just pull and tighten ropes because they stretch and then the plastic gets loose. But if they're tight, it's they're on there pretty well. So if, you know, if somebody went through probably two people pulling them tight, you know, 30 minutes, save in an, an hour, three times a season, you know, it, it would make a huge difference, I think. Because it's really just when that wind catches underneath there but has nowhere to go. So if one side falls down, you know, I think those topics that folks talked yeah. about earlier, um, it's definitely, that's the culprit usually. Still, overall, I think they're worth it. I mean, if you either have the ability to get the grant funding or you have the money or take out a loan to do a larger house, yes, it's much easier to and work You out. have both. You've got Correct. cat tunnels and high tunnels. Yeah. But, I mean, I, if I were to give up the cat tunnels, I'd be losing 5,000 square feet. That's substantial, <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. So we don't totally love them, but. We don't they, totally hate them. We don't totally <laughs> hate them. I do think so. for certain crops, like I really love doing the peas in there. Like that really works well. That seems like a good win. It's, it's a good win. Like it's a high valued crop and you can do it earlier and it, the trellis is all there. Like it's very easy to set up trellis. You're not putting in stakes every five feet with a post thing, you know, it's just, it's so is kind that of a netting, like a plastic yeah, net. It trellis? Is. It's like you a four inch plastic net trellis, like a bird netting or something like that. And how do you uh, attach that to the, uh, we just have like top? hooks or zip ties yeah, zip and then we stake yeah. it down at the ground. And then, um, we actually use the paper pot transplanter to, um, let to put in the, um, peas, which Sounds worked really well. Pretty efficient to me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it took no time at all. Cool. Yeah. I mean, they're great for our spring production and stuff. Like, that's where our first round of lettuce goes. I mean, I built like, five of them, so you it's can't like get, <laughs> You can't go in the field yet. Like, there's still snow. It's still snowing outside. We always get snow in May, but I can already have lettuce growing in cat tunnel. And we harvest it into, like, June or July because you plant that much in there. Nice. Yeah. You're almost selling me on one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's... There's a lot of reasons. Well, I mean, I mean, that opens up market opportunities. And like you said, for, I mean, you DIY'd them, so you didn't even spend a grand a piece. No, well, like a grand, 1200 bucks. Okay. So it costs about the same to DIY it as to buy them by the yeah, time. Yeah, I think so. I think the difference is, though, is that ours are a solid piece. So in order for the the hoops to collapse, it's got to actually bend in completely where you could just when you have a connection you're going to have a little more of a vulnerability there i feel like i see i mean i don't have we had any snow damage to them 
You've hit it with a snowblower, but that doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, we haven't had any snow damage. I've definitely hit them with the snowblower while I'm clearing the sides sometimes. Um, but for the most part, honestly, um, I don't find them to be a burden during the winter at all. Like if you put them, you know, 20 feet apart or 30 feet apart. From each other. Uh, yeah, just time. enough. And so that's another thing that we do is we put them um, – we have a couple that are too close together, actually, but they're like 12 feet apart, which I don't like. That makes like this crazy tunnel thing going on with the snow. But um, we also, when they're like 20 or 30 feet apart, you just run beds in between them. So during the summer, you're still using the entire field. There's just beds there. Some are covered, some are not. So mm-hmm. crops that might need more coverage get to go in the ones that do and the ones that don't. I mean, it just it works out. Yeah, and then during the winter, there's somewhere for snow to go, and it's not just piling up. Right, so that's you said about twenty feet between. Yeah, spaces. I'd say twenty feet is pretty nice. Yeah. Um, the other really nice thing is that for um, compost application, we just push the plastic all the way off, and then I just take the tractor with the bucket and just dump in three or four loads of compost, and then you spread it out with the rake and shovel and whatever. So it's all already in there. Yeah, you're not going back and forth with a wheelbarrow and a shovel. Uh, yeah, that was. So, like in our greenhouses, we put five wheelbarrow loads per bed in every greenhouse, every spring and fall, ideally. So it adds up. Yeah. But it definitely makes a difference. So you're, you're having success with cat tunnels in winter, and generally cat tunnels are shoulder are, season. Yeah. Are not in, encouraged for winter production. Is there anything that you're doing to really stiffen them up um, besides tightening your ropes good and tight? Yeah, so I think that also um, adding the ridge pole in is a big benefit. Um it just gives full stability. So those are using Johnny's seed cells, um, these like U clamps, I forget the name is for them, but they wrap around the one and three eighths inch pipe and then wrap around the hoop. And so not only do you kind of like, you can lock those two together and then we use tech screws so they don't slide in case the nuts loosen up, which I think definitely really helps as well. Um, You can definitely also add the wind bracing or even a second Perlin, if you wanted to. Um, One thing I think that could be possible too is adding extensions onto the hoops so that instead of having a seven foot um, interior height, you could have like a nine. And that way the snow load would then um, have more room to build up as well, which could help. Um, But honestly, I've seen it where the whole thing's covered in snow, the plastic's pushed in like two or three feet inside and it's just a block of ice everywhere and <laughs> everything is totally fine. But it's insulating too. Like the snow yeah. is insulating it from all sorts of like, it's not just like straight air. Like, I don't know. I don't think it gets as cold. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's an igloo. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Literally. I mean, it definitely, it definitely stays warm. I mean, we are still, I mean the the cat tunnel that had 200 feet of lettuce in it or whatever that we have at one we have we took two cat tunnels and we made one so we made one 200 foot long cat tunnel. Um, it was just a decision we made because of our field space. Um, it's worked out okay. I think I like the 100 footers better personally, but um, it definitely works. And I think also, I mean that one we're still able to harvest lettuce out of it. We do double remay right on top of the crop. We don't put any hoops underneath. And 
if their their lettuce is probably still growing back in there. We've cut it all out already once, but we'll get another cut off that in the spring if we want to. So for uh, you combine two cat tunnels to make it two hundred feet long. Was that two pieces of plastic? How'd you connect those in the middle, or did you custom order a, one long sheet? Since we already had the two sheets from the original each hundred footer, I combined them in the middle in the middle on the center hoop with wiggle wire track. Um, and it seems to work fine. I'm not a huge fan of it because then that area doesn't isn't able to be opened. So you've got like one hoop in the middle with the wiggle, wiggle wire track, and then both of those uh, pieces of plastic overlap just Correct. enough to get one one channel to hold both. Yep, which pilots. works. But like I said, you know you can't open that 20 foot section in either direction just because it's locked to the ground basically. Right, right. It adds a fixed point to the middle that can't absolutely lift up very well like like if you had that on your end walls same design correct yeah it would be the same design actually on each end hoop which would work fine because you could then open in the middle and in this one you wouldn't necessarily open the middle but you would open at the 50 foot mark and the 150 foot mark and it should be technically fine right right there's enough airflow there yeah one thing that's tricky about cat tunnels is is they heat up really fast and they cool down really fast so it is a little bit tricky and i think getting used to what crops work best with them is important to understand right you're not going to use a cat tunnel for everything you're not yeah i mean <laughs> i think that um like for peas it works great for us um, and we mostly at that point are leaving the cat tunnel completely open once we hit you know mid-may june time frame we're not trying to shut it all the time it's also a lot of labor so maybe we just leave the ends open so we have airflow and that's about it um, but we're not trying to spend a ton of time messing with them. Does leaving your ends open just invite a kite, or do you mean lifting the sides? I think if you have the ends open enough and both ends lengthwise open as well, you know, I think that it's okay. I think there's enough draft, um, but I think it really is location dependent. Mm. And where the wind's coming from. Right. And how you orientate them. Are they orientated north-south? Are they orientated east-west? And which direction is your wind coming in? Right. So, <laughs> like, for us, we're getting a lot of um, north-south winds um, or vice versa. And uh, they're all of ours are orientated north-south, so it kind of can flow right through, which actually works really well for ventilation as well. Because um, not only does the temperature fluctuate easily, but humidity can build up very easily, which then will give you more pest or disease pressure. One addition that we did to our cat tunnels, which I was really glad that we did, was we put landscape fabric down underneath the hoops on either side and on the ends because we kept ending up weeding this area that was not productive and totally a waste of our time. So we went through and did that, and it's made a huge difference. So you just rolled out the landscape fabric, and yep. then you pounded the rebar right through it? Correct. Three-foot-wide uh, landscape fabric and uh, put a foot of landscape fabric in on the inside and two feet on the outside mm. of, the, of the hoop. That's a good little nuanced tip. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> and we, we don't move ours. Um, we have, and I probably will again because I don't like where they are yet. <laughs> but that's the only reason. It's not because we're trying to have a movable greenhouse. Right. Our terrain is not flat enough for that sort of situation, and I don't think it's necessarily cost-effective um, for us. To be moving them. I think it's much better to just keep them where they are and move the crops. What's your, so if your uh, tunnels are in a fixed location and you generally have peas and greens in it, 
what are you rotating through it so you're not just peas and spinach after peas and spinach after peas and spinach? So that's twofold. One is that only under certain circumstances do I feel that crop rotation is necessary. Um, I think that with healthy, fertile soil that you have amended properly and added more organic material as well as, you know, compost, et cetera, you can grow the same crops in the same place year after year. If you start seeing certain pest issues or disease issues that are either systemic or um, soil-based or soil-borne, then I think there would be question for concern. There is arguments based on uh, nutrient uptake of plants and what is occurring in that situation. However, I feel that if you have healthy soil that's full of good, healthy micro activity, that you will have enough nutrients to suffice. It was working for you. Yeah, You throw absolutely. any cover crops in there at any time? <laughs> or just more compost in the spring? Uh, well. <laughs> so we were cover cropping the field right next to it with peas and oats this year, or last year, I should say. And uh, I wasn't paying attention and totally cover cropped the entire inside <laughs> of our um, cat tunnel. And that was fine. Uh, it was a little annoying um, at times, but it, it honestly was fine. We We think that next season we will be able to start doing a little more of that. We have started doing a lot of uh, alleyway cover cropping. Um, in our garlic, we've been doing um, clover and buckwheat um, and different uh, crops like that and then uh, mowing them down. So I'd like to start seeing that more in the, the high tunnels. Um, however, mostly we rely on the compost um, because we are turning over those beds a lot and asking a lot of them of that soil. We invest in it. So we're buying anywhere between 20 and 40 yards of compost a year and spreading that out. Um, but we do move the crops, too. So it's like like last year, like our kale and spinach cat tunnels, like we had one of each last year, too, and they're flip-flop this year. Sure. Like, so we're not putting it, like that crop is in there for so long. And it's like we're not growing, we're not going to grow kale in that over the summer. Right. So, like, we are flip-flopping it, like, here and there, but it's not, like, as much as other people might want to move crops. <laughs> yeah. And like you said, if you're not seeing the disease pressure and you're not having fertility issues because you're adding more compost, that's not a problem, and it's working. And like you said, like, that's that's a reason for rotation, and rotation isn't always necessary. So, Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely a topic of discussion, I think, amongst farmers, without a doubt. Yeah, that is, that is something that's often talked about um, and uh, often a perspective that likes to get discussed. So so how did you find out about Caterpillar Tunnels? When I first learned about Caterpillar Tunnels was, I believe through social media, I was looking at this picture of a field with 10 Caterpillar Tunnels all lined up next to each other, which I knew I couldn't do that because of the snow loads that we get in Vermont. However, it was really interesting to see the amount of production that was coming out of these covered spaces. So yeah, seeing these cat tunnels all lined up and understanding that that was a way that I possibly could build covered structure in a climate where I desperately needed it in order to get an edge on the market and get plants in the ground earlier and just have them longer, et cetera, really was kind of the start to the whole 
thing. Thanks for sharing your opinion on uh, cat tunnels. That's uh, great to always hear other thoughts, um, challenges, and successes. Same thing. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Frustrating, but uh, worth it. So thank you, Kyle and Betsy, for being on the show. If people want to learn more about you and your farm, how can they follow along and get a hold of you? Uh, they can check us out on Instagram or Facebook, uh, Thousand Stone Farm, and they can also check out our website at thousandstonefarm.com and email me or Betsy at Kyle or Betsy at thousandstonefarm.com. Sounds good. Thanks for coming on the show. I hope you have a great day. Thank you, Andy. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you go ahead and subscribe, share this with a friend, or leave us a comment. And if you want more information, check out the show notes on our website at agengpodcast.com. That's A-G-E-N-G-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a great day. The proceeding has been a production of University of Vermont Extension. For more information on Extension, log on to www.uvm.edu slash extension.